The BS Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Having a high sports IQ is important. Just look at LeBron James right now. He's figured out a way to play all 48 minutes in playoff games. He has the freak ability, but the smarts as well. And when it comes to hiring, you actually don't need a high hiring IQ. You just need ZipRecruiter. They're a powerful technology. Scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience for your job. It's so effective. 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Meanwhile, if you're an entrepreneur, a small business owner, or even if you have a side gig, let me introduce you to Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Grasshopper lets you send and receive calls and texts from your new business phone number, run your business from anywhere, respond to clients quickly. With Grasshopper's mobile apps, go to grasshopper.com slash BS to get $20 off your first month. That's grasshopper.com slash BS. Don't forget to check out the ringer.com. We wrote uh, an awesome piece yesterday about the fall of the USMNT, why the US is not in the World Cup. And I still feel like they're going to be in. I think it's going to start. I'm going to be looking around for America and assume this is all an accident. It's not an accident. We laid it out on, in a great piece that went up uh, on Tuesday that laid out every single reason why they are not in there. Uh, Ringer Podcast Network as well. Lots of good stuff, including the Dave Chang Show. And uh, on House of Carbs today, Adam Perry Lang, the best barbecue chef in America, is on with House. And I'm sure it's going to make you hungry. Ringer NBA show is coming every day, basically, during the finals. The draft is heating up. And if you missed NBA Desktop on on YouTube and Twitter this week, we investigated Kevin O'Connor's bizarre and, and frankly controversial story about how he escaped from Oracle Arena. Let's just say, let's just say it was picked apart. In, in an exclusive documentary only on TheRinger.com. Coming up, my old friend Jalen Rose. But first, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, Jalen Rose is in the house. He's drinking chicken broth. What up, though, Pa Father? <laughs> I know we're Thank back. you for having me. Um, can you explain the chicken broth thing to me? So, is I'm this because you're waking up at four in the morning every day? Yes, sir. And what ended up happening initially, I realized I was eating like two or three meals before noon. Oh, because my body clock was turned around. I wake up at three thirty in the morning. That really makes me sad. I don't, usually you were going to bed at 3.30 in the morning. Now I know. you're waking up at 3.30 in the morning. How things have changed, right? You don't I'm, even have a kid. I've actually matured. I'm actually responsible showing up on time. I still don't go to meetings. I still don't respond to emails. But well, you, I'm there when the show starts. I wouldn't say matured. I think it's just a phase. <laughs> <laughs> I think eventually, eventually you'll be back. I was at the Cleveland Casino last night. You know, because I have a mm -hmm. gambling problem. I have to go see what, <laughs> what's going on in casinos. It is smoke-free. You have to pay for drinks. What? And it's super, super clean. Nah. And, and needless to say, I lost $800 in 32 minutes or something. <laughs> what were you playing? I was playing blackjack. But it's like it was the wrong vibe. It's like too happy. Well, first and like foremost, it. how can you have a casino where it's smoke-free? You can't. It's, it's un-American. Yes. Totally. And were the clocks in there? That's no, no. un-American. There it's weren't any clocks. It's supposed to be the vampire vibe. 
There weren't any clocks. I didn't see nearly enough hookers. It just, it didn't feel like a casino. It felt like a very nice blackjack place. Let's talk about NBA. Okay, and then cool. we'll, we can talk about Cleveland after. All right. How many times for in Cleveland for you? This is four straight finals, right? Four straight finals. I actually was covering the Cavs when they got swept by the Spurs. So each time they've been to the finals, I've actually been here. Plus when you were here as a player. Plus when I was here as a player. All right. Uh, NBA players in Cleveland. What do they do? Because well, like, if you're in New York or LA or even like Oakland, San Francisco, where, where we just were, the players can kind of sneak around and and especially later at night. Correct. They know where to go. What do you do when you're so, in Cleveland? So here's how it works. So when you're in Miami, Los Angeles, DC, Atlanta, New York. Atlanta, your favorite. A lot of people's favorite. Um, those are the cities where you get it in. Right. You're out and about. Those are the places you could take a nap before you go out and kick it. Right. You're at it like you leave at one in the morning, you're in the hotel lobby no, getting a cab. No doubt about it. And you're out to try to hang out with your teammates or your friends that live in that city or your homeboys that are on the road with you or to meet new friends. Oh, new, yeah. new acquaintances. Right. Now, when you're <laughs> in places like Cleveland and Utah and Milwaukee, you either catch up on your rest. Yeah. You either catch up on your professional meetings and... You know, your manager, your agent, or the shoe company, or your business. And then if you want to have fun, you import. We've explained the concept of importing before. Yes. And um, what that means you're is- You're basically, you're flying in a friend yes. to spend 24 to 48 hours with you. Correct. Um, respectfully and- Usually and, not a friend of the same sex. Correct. So, so that's kind of how it works when you come to Cleveland and or you- but but this this is a regional thing now. You're not in Cleveland flying somebody from Miami to come see. Oh, so you're thinking the Midwest. That's not how this works. So you go to Detroit? Yeah, you're flying somebody maybe from Chicago. Oh, Chicago's good. They have a lot of options. Right? Yeah. That That's how it works. The proximity. Gotcha. The flight shouldn't be over two hours long or you're not doing it right. And you pay-per-view movies, doing all that stuff. Yeah, you, yeah. He's you, killing time. Don't touch the phone. Don't touch the door. See, I think NBA players read more internet than ever. I think all these guys read every single thing that's written about them. They know all the narratives. They see all the clips. Like that great clip of JR and LeBron on the bench after regulation in game one. That Did you see that? That like three-minute clip? And they're just sitting next to each other. And LeBron's mad. And he's just kind of two seats over. And then he asks how many timeouts there are. <laughs> <laughs> and, or no, how many timeouts they had. And then and Tyler was like, yeah, we had a timeout. And LeBron has like a seizure. He's just, oh, he did. oh my God. Oh no. no. <laughs> and then JR's pretending that he's not watching, but he's definitely watching. <laughs> and he was almost like, he had that look like, oh, dad's mad at me. Correct. And then Jeff Green's standing up and he's kind of looking over like, <laughs> oh man. And they were done. Like if you'd show me that clip, before the overtime started, I'd be like, wow, they're going to lose by 10 points. But you didn't have to see that clip. You well, knew yeah, once yeah, it went to overtime, right. you know, just the strength and numbers of the Golden State Warriors are going to take over. LeBron already had 51 points. I think what gets lost in that entire scenario, and, you know, we could talk about the block charge call and whether I think the officials should be able to go back and change or review they judgment shouldn't. calls. They should not. I agree. And But George Hill got to make the free throw. Yeah. So here's what happened. That was in the a huddle. brick, by the way. Yes. Here's what happened in the huddle. Everybody wanted to give him confidence that he was going to make it. So it's like after he makes this free throw, yeah. they're going to call timeout. 
we're going to get a stop and we're going to get out of here with a win. Nobody thought we was going to be able to come in here and smack these dudes. All right, let's go. And then everybody walk out on the floor and you kind of give George a little high five. You don't want to hit his hand and have his hand, you know, stinging at all. You feel like he's a, almost an 80% free throw shooter. He's going to make it. So when he goes up and he misses it, it kind of throws everybody off. It threw like, Durant off. It threw KD to box off. Out. Yeah. Correct. KD didn't box out. You know why? Because KD was already set up to be the scapegoat. Yeah. Okay. He had a bad game from the floor. LeBron was dominant. He didn't want no parts of guarding him. So he's standing on the free throw line like, oh, no. What are we going to do? Oh, we're going to have more time for another possession. Maybe I could be the hero. So he doesn't box out. J.R. Smith gets an offensive rebound. But anybody that's ever played basketball, I promise. I played four years of high school, three years of college, 13 years in the NBA. Probably never got a rebound, offensive rebound for free throw. Never. So it was actually a good hustle play by J.R. It was. So he gets the ball. He's a right-handed player. KD's out of position. He could have just reversed it and laid it up on the right-hand side of the hoop. Or flung it back out for LeBron. Or kick it out to LeBron at the top four and three. So I was thinking about the concept of when you blow a game, you should have won in a seven-game series. You basically have to now win five of the seven. And the series is still going, but you've blown this. You have this win that you just don't have, but you felt like you have it. Indiana, New York, 1999. The LJ four-point play, game's over. That stupid play happens. One of the worst calls of all time. If we had the internet back then, I think the internet actually would have over would have melted down. Yes. And you guys have that win stolen from you, but yet the series is still going. But deep down, you know, like, wow, we're we're screwed. Okay. So did you identify with that? Uh, of course. And this is why teams play better at home. This is why role players perform better at home. It's really a game of emotion that people tend to forget. Of course, it's a game of skill and aggressiveness and talent, and all of those things come into play. But the emotional aspect of the game can carry a ball club. And you've seen this happen when teams that aren't necessarily as good as the team that they're playing against, but emotionally have that drive to win. Yeah. And so when it works in reverse, you get deflated. It actually happens. You just said, think about what you said. LeBron James was in a huddle. He was exasperated. He's like, oh, I can't believe this. Yeah. Seriously? Like he was, he was, he was really upset because he he knew that they were stealing game one. Correct. This is the only chance he has yes. to win this series. Correct. Because didn't you feel like he came out for game one? Like I'm taking this. No question. I know this team. I'm not feeling anyone out. I'm winning this game. And they haven't seen me. Yeah. See, that's what ends up happening when you say best team, best player. Like they've seen CP3. They've seen James Harden, who by the way would have beat him if Chris Paul hadn't gotten hurt. They yes, would have won that series. I agree. Houston would have beat the Warriors. So for everybody talking about their ruining basketball and things of that nature, Houston had them. So, but with that being said, LeBron came out like, I'm about to put the smack down. They haven't seen me. 51, put it up there, and then boom, go to OT and lose. But they were deflated in game two. Like in the Indiana series you just talked about against the Knicks. That was one play, but that play was the series. And I think we were unable to recover. And they were, they, they were a team that was – Explosive. Now, people forget about that squad. They had Allen Houston. They had Spreewell. Like, those guys got buckets. Canby. They had Canby. LJ was still playing at a high level. So, eh. that, that 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 level of emotion does carry. You guys it. were better in that series. Yeah. But we they, they beat us that year. But I think that play had a lot to do with now, it. Why don't, dude, why don't you really explain why they beat you that year? Because of that call. That was called in by the league, that series. <laughs> they they won like, because we need of the that Knicks call. In the finals. You know what we don't want is the Spurs Pacers finals. Correct. 
And, and that's how we felt because how was it being dubbed? Hicks versus Knicks. Right. That's how that series was being dubbed. That was your best Pacers team. It was. The OO team came way. We've talked about this. Yes. The OO team came way closer to yep. winning the title than people realize. I agree. I guess the game four OT was a little bit like this too, like a loss in 2000. It was. Like that's a game another you should have won and then it's like, oh man, we left that one on the table. I got another one for you too. That's the game where Kobe had his coming out party. Yes. Shaq fouls Shaq out fouls in regulation. Out. They give it to Kobe, make a couple of buckets. He look over a field like, chill out, I got this. And another one was 1998. People underestimate the fact, and we doing these out of sequence. So 98, we were playing against Jordan and the Bulls. Yeah. We were winning by 15 in the second quarter. Which we was, game? Game seven. Uh, we was winning by 15. Uh, okay? We was thumping them. MJ, I know, MJ I, I, know, I, know I, I know you feel like they would have came back to win, but we didn't. No, that's true. <laughs> second half, like, they basically... I actually think you pushed them further to the brink than any team that decade. Correct. I'm not counting the magic because MJ had, was, had mm -hmm. played baseball. He was, I don't feel like he was in shape for that. But that series, you guys came damn close. And people remember like him crossing over Byron Russell, making a shot. We feel like that could have been us. Right. So that's 98. We lose to MJ in game seven. 99, LJ four-point play. That was a robbery. 2000 is when we actually broke through and made it to the finals. And we've talked about game six in 2000. Some shit, some chicanery with the referees. I know. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. You look down. There's some bad shit. calls it's, in that game. Right, no question about it. It's like, okay, they're not going to call any fouls on Shaq and Kobe. Like, like, that's just the how levels, it's going to be. The levels of bad calls against a team, the last level is when the guys on the bench are just jumping and running <laughs> off the court. Like, <laughs> doing that thing. Like, no! <laughs> like, seriously? Yeah. Uh, all right. So, so I, I could relate to how the Cavs felt going into game two. That's why I knew they were going to lose by double digits. I actually thought they were going to rally back and at least give them a game just because of Noe Guadal, I think, is just a huge deal. It is. And what happened, everybody in the team missed everything except for LeBron. George Hill played pretty well. Love was okay. But all the other dudes who killed the Celtics in the last round just did not show up. Yeah, how you feeling about your Celtics? I was asking everybody a trick question during the year, and everybody fell for the bait. Because I know everybody goes for the headlines. Yeah. So I used to, I was asking people halfway through the season, whose future would you rather have? The Sixers or the Celtics? Oh, Celtics. 95% of people were saying Philly. Yeah, but people don't understand basketball. Correct. These are the same that people that voted for DeRozan <laughs> over Oladipo for LBA. <laughs> right. Nobody who actually watches basketball. And so like, and the reason is because you got Embiid, big personality, great game, Ben Simmons, highly touted prospect. These are anchor type players. But they're sleeping on the fact that Larry, I mean, Danny Ainge continues to fleece GMs around the league. Like, not anymore. I don't like, think anyone's going to trade him anymore. Think about this. Brian Colangelo should not have been allowed to attend games in that series. Right. When you've traded Tatum yeah. to get Fultz, and one is scoring 20 points, and one is getting DMPs. And he looked like Nicolas Cage, by the way. The Fultz thing was so bad that... <laughs> <laughs> He does. <laughs> like, the Fultz thing was so bad that they didn't even show him on the Jumbotron to try to get in the Sixers' heads, <laughs> like in the Boston games. If they had showed like a Tatum montage and then just Fultz sitting sadly on the bench, it actually would have been mean. It would have been It would have crossed the line. <laughs> that would have been a good one. But actually, I, I don't want to talk about the Celtics too much, but I did ask, this was a topic of conversation at dinner I was at two nights ago. Who is the next team after the Warriors to win the title? Who's the best bet? Celtics. 
That's that's what I thought. I feel like a homer, but I, I think they're the safest bet, no, right? No, Celtics. No okay. question about it. Because you have a full run of Kyrie and Hayward coming back with all of your studs and still my, on rookie contracts. And my son, Jason Tatum. He might as well. He, he He's can my ball. third child. And I love Jalen Brown, too. I love him as well. Wow. Yeah. You, Namesake. You've, you've, I mean, <laughs> Jalen is now a more common name than John. Yeah. In sports. Yes. There's more Jalens than I think anything. Right. Because because it Jalen, John was in the Bible. Jalen's in the Urban Dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> but the spellings are different. Yes. That's my point exactly. We that, that that's cultural. I've we, seen one. We take a, ch- a spelling of a name and we'll flip it like chicken. People we'll flip it like potatoes. People are throwing apostrophes <laughs> in there and all kinds of stuff. All right, we're gonna bang through some questions. Okay, cool. Is this LeBron's last Cleveland week? Yes or no? Are these his last two home games? Who will play as a Cleveland Cavalier? No. No. Like no. I I know it seems like. The noble thing for LeBron at this point of his career would be to chase the lights in Hollywood and go to L.A. They have two max contracts. He's got two houses there for $44 million combined in Brentwood. But who is he going to play with? He was going to be the first black person ever to live in Brentwood <laughs> since since O.J. The second. I lived there for a while, too. <laughs> I actually saw O.J. once. So the third. You, <laughs> yeah. you, O.J., and LeBron. The three black people in the history of Brentwood. Correct. Yeah. Um, it's a great list. But... Who's he going to play with is the question I ask. But what about Paul George and Kawhi? So here's my thing about Kawhi. Mm. The, you know things with Kawhi. Yes. You had the same college coach. I always take you seriously when the Kawhi subject comes and up. So I went on first take and I talked about maybe in January how Kawhi was unhappy in San Antonio. Yes. And this was going to be a lost season. And everybody freaked out. Yeah. Like, what is this guy talking about? And so... Unlike the Cavs, however, this is what you can't sleep on. Kawhi got another year on this contract. Yes. I say the Cavs shouldn't have traded Kyrie with a year left on this contract. So, therefore, I would think the Spurs would behave like me. They would put Kawhi they back They should out have there. traded Kawhi, just not for what they got. They should have just kept him till February and figured it out then. Uh, oh, Kyrie. Kyrie. Correct. But, but, again, you still had two more years of Kyrie. Well now, well, now you have one. Right. You had this year and one more. I'm going to give you a phrase that you're going to steal for the rest of... you. How many shows you're on ESPN now? Three. Three. You're going to steal this. Okay. It's great. I steal a lot of your stuff. No, Jacoby does really too. Good. You know how this works. You taught me this. When we're in the room, we're combined and putting our heads together. Yeah. Whoever leaves the room and said it first, that's theirs. This is a great one. <laughs> and I, th- I got this from a reader, and I'm sorry I can't remember the reader's name, but I'm just taking you it. You stole it from me I, too. I can pretend I never saw the email. <laughs> Pre-agent. Pre-agent. Okay. So Kawhi's not a free agent. He's a pre-agent. I like that. He's using his pre-agency as leverage. Correct. So basically, I know I'm under contract for another year. But you guys know I'm not going to sign. But if you don't do anything, I'm out. You'll get nothing. I like that. So who are the other pre-agents? Jimmy Butler in Chicago. I know I got two years left. I promise you I'm not staying. Kyrie Irving in, in Cleveland. I'm unhappy. Please trade me. He'd no leverage whatsoever. He had two years left in his contract. Somehow convince him to trade him for this Brooklyn pick and Isaiah Thomas who had a bad hip and Jay Crowder didn't want to be there and all this crap and it's terrible trade. Pre-agency. I like that. Thank you. I'm going to steal that. You're going to steal it tomorrow and, and get up. And, but here's what I'll do. Initially, I'll shout you out. You'll give you me out. credit. No question. 
And My then, friend Bill said pre, and then by and then, by July it's yours. After that is mine. Yeah, everybody be like, "That's a great term." That's great. Jalen came up with pre. <laughs> but but you're exactly right. But the difference between the Cavs and the Spurs is how they run their organization. And wow. so I'm not going to panic if I'm San Antonio. They didn't panic last year with Lamarcus Aldridge. Correct. That's the example I was going to use. You allow Kawhi to integrate himself back into our way. And hopefully he falls in love with the situation again. They were a great team this year. Without yeah. they, you always, they were fine. You always, but here's what here's what happens in the West. We take the Spurs for granted. They basically won 50 games without Kawhi. They would have won 60 games with Kawhi. They would have right. They would have been right in the mix. Kawhi for played what nine games though. Yeah, <laughs> and then he didn't. Then he didn't show up for the playoff games. Yeah, he. Yeah, that wasn't a good look. I took that personally. Yeah, that was. If a we good had look. the ringer equivalent of. You know, mm-hmm. how 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 much do you believe in the ringer and somebody didn't show up for our playoff games who could have shown up and then they were at a Dodger game a week later? I would have been like, all right, we got to talk. I agree. But that's how you exercise your pre-agency. Pre-agency, yes. A oh, guy, you're stealing this. A guy that doesn't. <laughs> this not, is going to be a hijacking. <laughs> just think about this. Here's a guy that doesn't say anything, never talks, but he spoke really loud when he was at that Dodgers game, didn't he? During the playoffs. Well, you know, you I know this because I live in L.A. and I've gotten tickets from Lon Rosen. <laughs> when they have guests of the Dodgers, they put them right near Magic behind that dugout. He was in the special Friends of the Dodgers. There you go. Yeah. There I, you there's go. There's so many like. You know how the Hall of Fame mogul yeah, works. Yeah, the mogul. We saw it. <laughs> Remember when the mogul that time when, uh, when David Price was in ESPN? And <laughs> he's like, hey. He's so like, hey. It'd did, be nice. Did the big hug. Go and get, got his number on the law. Yeah, he, he got a thing. <laughs> got his cell phone. All of it was legal, but I'm a huge fan. David Price was a free agent here. As it turns out, he dodged a book because David Price has been bad for the Red Sox. How about being a Hall of Fame basketball player? Yeah. One of the top 50, one of the top handful to ever play that's currently an owner with the Dodgers and running the Lakers simultaneously. Well, so So can't LeBron learn from that? Wouldn't that be a reason for LeBron to go to L.A.? LeBron wants to be the first billionaire player. He wants to own an NBA team. He wants to have this whole media business. And he goes to L.A. But you, and learns how to do this from the mogul, Magic Johnson. But, but you can learn all of that from the mogul. But the fans don't want to see the Lakers getting bounced in the first round. See, you notice as a Celtics fan, he goes to the Lakers and chase that money. They're expecting a championship. Does it? Can't LeBron get to the finals or at least the final four with every team in the league? No. Look at the team he's in the finals with. That's in the East. Eh. That was in the East. You don't think they could have beaten Houston in a series? Who's guarding no. LeBron on Houston? No. P.J. Tucker? We already saw no. that. No. Trevor Ariza? No. 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 Who's guarding Harden? I think, we're, I think LeBron's actually underrated now. I, he's, he's gotten better. He's I gotten- just think he's a Final Four appearance. His team right now, Jeff Green, who I rooted for, who's been on six teams. George Hale, who Utah gave away. Jordan Clarkson, who had the worst six minutes I've ever seen in my life in game one. Here, but you're going down the line, like this team is one of the worst two through 12 teams in the league. Jordan Clarkson, who I want to see have a successful NBA career, is a classic example. And when I watch this, it's something as a player that you hopefully grow out of. He plays like they're not keeping score. Mm. Like he he's just playing. And because of that, I would not be surprised if he gets a DMP tonight. I would throw Rodney Hood into the first two minutes 
of every second quarter because I think he's one of the, he's like a fishing guy. Mm -hmm. You just kind of throw him into the water and you bounce the reel mm -hmm. around for two minutes. And like, if he makes it three or goes to the basket once, all of a sudden he might get like 25 in the game. And if he sucks, you just take him out. But what you're really Unfortunately, doing. Unfortunately, their whole team is like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to get back to the LeBron thing too. But what you're really doing with Rodney Hood is taking LeBron from being a power guard, stole that from you too, to being the actual point guard. Yes. So no Hill, no Clarkson. We're going to play all guys that are 6'6 six, six and above that could do a lot of switching, that can make Steph work on D. Because that's what he's been doing. He's been resting on that end of the floor. And to your point, can LeBron James always be a Final Four contender? No. Not necessarily uh, in the West. Well, he can if he's putting up 35-9-9 every game for two and a half months, which is actually what he's done this year. Yes. Um, if you have a player who's doing that and you surround him with average players, you can at least get through the first round of the playoffs. I then think round two, who knows? I think the Warriors and the, the Houston Rockets would have beat the Cavs in the finals. Either one of them. Chris Paul or no Chris Paul? With Chris Paul, obviously. So here's my here's my counter with the Chris Paul thing. They had to go to a seven-man rotation to beat the Warriors. They upped his minutes for two games. And within two games, he got injured. He got injured. Because I was saying, I said this on a podcast a few days ago. You almost have to put him on the John Stockton, Jerry Sloan plan at this point. Right. And just like you're playing 33 minutes, you come out in these seven minute stretches in each half. And our goal is to keep you healthy first and foremost. The moment they the moment they actually like revved his engine, he got hurt. Correct. And I don't think that's an accident. It's not an accident. He's 13 years in the league. He's a point guard. He's short. And he's tough. And he's never really 100% been in awesome shape ever. But you know, the one thing- He plays thing, himself in a shape during the season like Shaq did, but he's 5'11". But, but one of the things that Chris Paul does that most small guys don't do is he's tough. He's He was the toughest guy. Him and P.J. Tucker were the two toughest guys in that series. Like, you could put him on Steph Curry. You could put him on Kevin Durant. Well, he also can get away with fouling- you know, 35 different fouls in the game, but they Correct. don't call any of them. Correct, because he's small and he's tough. He's just like karate chopping No doubt dudes. about it. But but to your point, though, this LeBron that we've seen has improved without being on a super team. I agree. He's had to elevate himself. Well, I think he's mentally tougher than he's ever been. Yes. There's there's an aura about him now that reminds me of what Jordan had the last couple of years. There. Yes, he has that. But we're still not going to have those goat conversations. I never thought he had that in him. He took it to another level. He got a signature shot now. The turnaround jumper over the right shoulder. When you said signature shot, I was like, which one? He's got like four of them. The one leg. What about the one-legged bank shot? Yes, going left. The one-leg bank he's shot. He's got the, the Jordan turnaround. He's got yep. the one-leg bank shot. He and got he's the got Dirk one-leg. He's got the step-back three at the top yep. of the arc. With the left hand. Step back with the left hand. So I also think. And he's clutch now. He's more clutch than he's ever been. You're a left-handed person, so you could. You could. Um, be the authority on this. I think he has the best left hand of any right hand person I've ever seen in a basketball court, with the exception of the legend. I got a secret. It's for him you. and the legend in the finals because he's actually left handed. Get out of here. LeBron James is left handed. It's like a Ben Simmons. Thing? So is Russell Westbrook. Really? They're left handed. Like they write left handed. They write left handed. Wow, that was good. So, so that um, that helps too. So, so you think Kawhi? Doesn't go to the Lakers because the because, Spurs why will would be. The, why would the Spurs allow that to happen? What if they got Brandon Ingram, Kuzma, and Luau Dang? And Kawhi's leaving in a year. What was the last one? Luau Dang's contract. You okay. got to make the contract. No, 
no, no, we're not rebuilding. What about Fultz, number 10, Sarich, Covington? Fultz? Yeah, Fultz is 19. You're going to quit on Fultz? You didn't make mistakes when you were 19? Yes, but his jump shot is broken. It's not broken. Here's what I'll do if I'm the Spurs. You think his jump shot's broken? Yes. He's 19. I don't, I'm not saying it can't be fixed, but it's broken. Now, Ben Simmons' jumper is shot. When you were 19, Ben Simmons doesn't have a jumper. Correct. I don't know what that and, is. And he's dating a Jenner. Who who has a better scouting department than the Jenners and the Kardashians? I'm so so we're jumping ahead. Hold on, we're gonna take a break. <laughs> hey, longtime listeners of this podcast have heard me rave about Sonos One, which blends great sound with Amazon Alexa for hands-free control of your music and more. Use your voice to play songs, turn on lights, adjust the temperature, check news and traffic, whatever you want all using a single Sonos speaker. So we know they do good stuff. Well, listen to this. Father's Day is coming up. Sonos and Spotify now have you covered. All you have to do is go to fathersday.sonos.com. Fathersday.sonos.com and get a code for 15% off when you create a custom Spotify playlist that you can send to your dad or the father figure in your life. Simply select your favorite artist in the year you were born then do the same for your dad, and bam, Spotify will generate the perfect playlist to bridge the generation gap. Oh, man. I know with my dad, it would just be like Bob Seger, Springsteen, more Bob Seger, and then weirdly Coldplay. Go to fathersday.sonos.com and get 15% off when you create your playlist. The playlist generator expires June 17th. Terms and conditions apply. What a little Father's Day bonus for you. All right, back to Jalen. We're back. You jumped ahead. I had this on my- Oh, you did? I had this on my list. Okay. Because we've talked about this in the past, and since then, we've had multiple guys fall prey. Why can't NBA stars stay away from the Kardashians and the Jenners? Blake Griffin goes to Detroit. She was like, I ain't going to Detroit. She's like, I'm out. See you. I said this Bye, on homie. our show that day. When yeah. he got traded to Detroit, I was Bye. like, that relationship is over. Do you think the mom goes through the jersey sales and then recommends? No, I just think that they do a terrific job of scouting. Like what your Patriots do, what the Golden State Warriors <laughs> and the Celtics do. They she's carefully, like no question, they carefully scout who can help elevate their brand. And this is the difference between being an athlete and an entertainer. Mm. We have the media following us. It's different when the paparazzi's following you. Yeah. Like that, that's a whole different world. And that's who they are. That's what makes them a, a multi-billion dollar conglomerate. And so for NBA players, once you jump into that sinkhole, that's no, there's no coming back from that. Well, so who when was the one time you had a celebrity? You don't have to say who it was, but there must have been at some point, either at Michigan or after, when all of a sudden you had a celebrity who liked you. And there's always that one person when you're early on when you're a celebrity where you're like, I can't believe that person likes me. This is amazing. I've made it. And it seems like for Ben Simmons, it's which gender is this? Is it Kylie? It's Kylie or Kendall? Kendall. Kendall? Kendall. See, they got a great scouting department. That's the youngest one. Just you think, think about they, that. Do you, they have them do the combine or just, do they just scout videotape? How, how about this? No, they're doing more than combine and videotape. They're actually doing analytics, jersey sales. Analytics, Twitter, just think, just, Twitter following. Just think about this. Instagram following. Pro they probably sat in the room one day and was like, "Kyle Kuzma or Ben Simmons? What do you think?" <laughs> 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 I 
Both handsome guys. Mm. They both had terrific rookie seasons. One plays in L.A., but one's in Philly. And he might be in the finals in a year. You know. They'll be showing you in the stands. And here's the other thing I learned about that whole scenario. If you can't get with the big name superstar like LeBron James because he's married, you get next to him. Yeah. So that's kind of how it works. So enter whoever's played with LeBron that ends up dating R&B superstar. And meanwhile, there's Joel who's like, I'm available. Any celebrity. <laughs> I'll take the celebrity relationship. <laughs> uh, it's no different than when like Tom Cruise has a movie coming out and all of a sudden starts dating an actress like kind of perfectly timed right it's, for like six months before the movie. And sometimes she's actually in the movie. Yeah. It, this happens in Hollywood all the time. The Jenners are the first one who have brought it to sports. You know, no, Kendall Jenner will never be like, oh, she fell for this bellhop at the Crown <laughs> or, at the Crown Plaza in Cleveland. It's just they're in love. Or These or, two wacky kids. Or this backup quarterback. Right. Or, or this guy that doesn't get a lot of minutes and plays for a team that's in the lottery. Yeah, he's the second. He's Eric Ebron in the Lions. Like, soon as we started to say that Ben Simmons is playing like Magic Johnson, mm. soon as that happened. The Jenner sent some scouts to send the Philly. They sent the scouts to go check it out. <laughs> Amazing. And do all of the analytics. Let me check out his shoe deal. Let me check out his jersey sales. How many years he got on his contract? Is he a franchise type of player? All right, so let's go backwards. 1993. You're a sophomore in Michigan, 93? What was C-Web second year? Uh, 92? Yeah, 1993 not, season. Yeah, correct. Um, let's take that whole, let's take the Kardashians and the Jenners and bring them to the early 90s. Okay. So you're in Michigan, you're a sophomore, things are going well, you guys have a high profile, and Kendall's in your DMs now. What's up, Jay? I'm, I'm going to be in Michigan tonight. You're in. That's it. That's all it would have taken. No, I'm good. not even at age 19. I'm good. Get out. I don't believe that. Age 19, 20? You're speaking examples like those level of examples probably didn't happen. Oh, so you it turned down the, with the just, 92 equivalent. It's just social media wasn't present. So you turned it, you, you, you were always smart enough to stay away. Yes. Yes. I've made a lot of poor decisions in my life. But not with women. But I would... With women, too. We all have. But the one thing I never wanted to do was just date someone because of what they had. You did always tell me, um, and by the way, Magic Johnson was another one. I remember that, uh, having this whole conversation about don't date a celebrity if you're a celebrity. You're competing with each other instantly. Can't work. Can't make it. And, and now I've It's like come, having two point guards. And, and now I've come full circle. And it actually worked out for me with Molly. Yeah, and you felt free because you fell for the right reasons. Correct. That's true. You did break your celebrity rule. You're a hypocrite. And you're, you're, still, <laughs> you're still the pre-trade thing for me. <laughs> so the only way LeBron goes to the Lakers is Kawhi. If Kawhi somehow ends up there. Or Paul Otherwise, George. the team's not good enough. Or Paul George. LeBron, Paul George, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo. No, that's not good enough no, to make the Western no, Finals. No, no, no. I agree. No, so that, Houston, that, that doesn't beat New Orleans. Houston? I know it's hyperbole, but you know what I mean. Well, let's be honest. If he wanted to actually win the title, New Orleans should be in the conversation. That's what I'm saying. So I don't, I don't want to see LeBron the mercenary. I don't want to see him just jumping up and going to Philly or jumping up going to New Orleans. Like, 
he means more to the game than just number of rings at this point. I actually, my money would be on him staying. I do think there's a real issue with the owner, though. This is how you fix it, Cleveland. You ready for this? Everything you said that he should go to L.A. for, there should be a wink-wink deal that he can make that happen in Cleveland. I get him part ownership of the team. Oh, when he retires? Yeah. Hmm. You act like the NBA allows wink-wink deals. Magic got a 25-year, $25 million deal. You don't think that's wink-wink? See, now you're going to get me in trouble. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know I believe in all this stuff, they all the conspiracies. You, did, did, did you actually think that they felt he would play 25 years? No. What do you get? It was 25 years. 20, that was the only way they get around the salary cap, right? That was the only way that you can guarantee that he's going to be a Laker forever. Do you remember when we asked Magic? That was Dr. Jerry Buster did that deal. Legendary Genius. Playboy. Love him so much. And we asked Magic that time if Dr. Jerry and Hugh Hefner were going after the same lady in the Forum Club in 1980, who gets her? And Magic's like, oh, Dr. Buss. <laughs> it was like, not even close. No hesitation. <laughs> no hesitation at all. He was like, it wouldn't have even been a fight. I, Jer- I Dr. Love, Jerry just gets it. I love Dr. Buss. When the Pistons were playing against the Lakers in the finals, um, the the fi- Shaq's final year with the team when they lost to my hometown squad. He, I was working for Best Damn Sports Show. Yeah, doing pregame, postgame stuff. So he's in his seventies at this point. He, I, I watched every game in the suite with him. Everyone, yeah, it was great. The the doctor. Uh, I have a new topic. LeBron figuring out a way to play twenty four minute halves in playoff games. He's done it seven times in the playoffs tonight. Uh, we're taping this in the morning before game three. I could see him playing 48 tonight. There's been a couple games where he would have played 48, but either the game was over and he could come out or they had lost and he could come out. He's figured out how to pace himself during these games in really, really smart, innovative ways. Like his team shooting a free throw. He slowly walks back to the other side of the basket and kind of hangs out there. So now he doesn't have to run back after the free throw. Oh, and he blocks Rogier's dunk. He stands on the baseline doing this. Right. And we think it's because he's huffing and puffing. He just doesn't want to run resting. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the, it's like, you know, cherry picking, but like whatever that the term is for, it's like rest picking. He picks his spots. He's figured out a science to this. Have you ever seen this before? I'm going to steal that one too. Rest picking. I like rest that. Rest picking. You can take that. But, but here, but here's the, here's the true thing he actually does. So he's able to guard. The weakest offensive player on the other team. Right. Which he smartly needs to do. By the way, if LeBron's guarding you in a playoff game, it should be insulting. <laughs> like he was guarding David West. Yeah. Like whoever's like, out there. Oh, I'm the worst guy on my team right now. I didn't realize <laughs> right. LeBron's guarding me. Correct. He does that. Um, the other thing that you have to learn to do, and I wish I knew this in college. I I I truly believe when I look back at like our collegiate days. I personally, because I'm only could speak for myself, felt like I expended so much energy emotionally, like high fiving and trash talking and yelling and screaming that he doesn't do any of that. That saves a lot of energy. Too. I watched him. I was sitting near the bench in in game one, and I think they took him out at one point for like two minutes, and I was just watching what he did on the bench. Other guys are cheering, standing up. He was sitting like this. Correct. 
he almost like he was like somebody paused him on a TV. Yes. And he just, he didn't even like wipe his forehead. He was just completely still. Like he was like meditating. Correct. It was really crazy. I, I actually think he doesn't get enough credit for how smart he is with this stuff. He doesn't get enough credit for being one of the greatest iconic players there is. Well, no, he gets enough credit for that. I think with the under 30 people now have, are, they have latched on to LeBron over Jordan. Like this has now become a thing. If you're under 30, you weren't there for Jordan. Right. You're like, LeBron's but, better. Here are the stats. He did this. He did that. That happens in music. That yeah, happens does. in movies all right. the time. It's happened it's with like, basketball. Whoever's the best in my generation is the greatest of all time. Right. Um, but I think that ship has sailed. Like MJ is clearly the GOAT. You think the ship sailed? It seems like LeBron's gained momentum. No. It doesn't sail for me. Well, well, here's where he's gained momentum. I shed a tear this year, and I want to ask your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> he passed the Hall of Fame mogul on my list. Yeah. <laughs> that happened for me like two years ago. It happened this year for me. He passed Bill Russell for me this year. See, that- when you take 15 straight years, no injuries, just year after year, game after game, month after month, just a certain level of excellence. But then the fact that he's actually gotten better in some ways the last couple of years and during a stage when he should have been doing this. So you're a basketball historian. Yes. You wrote the book of basketball. I, did. I feel like LeBron is now number three overall. What do you think? I have him too. Who, who, which... Kareem. I have him over Kareem. You do? I do. Wow. I, I, I haven't gone there just yet. I haven't gone there just It's yet. fair. Kareem is the most underrated superstar we've ever had. The, and, and, Kareem was also an alien, which I don't think a lot of people realize. Yes. He wasn't a human being. Correct. LeBron might be an alien. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> the thing that gets lost about Kareem because of his personality and, you know, he wasn't warm and fuzzy with the media and he came at a time where, you know, being socially and politically conscious was something that he needed to do. Yeah. And, because he was at the forefront with Bill Russell and Jim Brown and, and those level of athletes, he didn't get that level of love from the media that I saw happen late in his career, like with Ali. Yes. Like Ali was a lot more loved right before he passed than he was when he was like in his prime, when he was when it was the 80s and you know, even the 90s. That didn't change until he really um lit the torch for the Olympics in Atlanta. But I don't think uh LeBron has passed Kareem. Not yet. I think that happened for Ali sooner than that, don't you? No. I'm older than you. Because when I, when I, Ali was my first favorite non Boston athlete. So it was about 1975. But you're a human human being. He was the most exciting person in my life. Right. With an open mind and an open heart as it relates to sports. Yeah. You're the minority in that at that time. Well, you know, I, I I idolized all black people when I was a little kid. I loved <laughs> right. everybody. And, and, and David you and Jacoby, I watched all the same shows. No, we did. And, we did. And David Jacoby <laughs> prayed to a Larry Bird poster before his basketball games in high school. I, Larry Bird was the greatest. Uh, Legend! So you know, we got to get a shout to him in there. Do you think basketball is harder to play than it was 20 years ago or easier? easier. Or the same? Easier. Because J.J. Reddick said there's more running than there was 10 years ago, and that part's harder. No. Because you got to jump out on threes, all that shit. No. Anytime you can play longer is easier. What do you mean longer? Anytime players now are playing 17, 18, 19, 20 years that are the top players, it shows you how the game has gotten easier. But do you think that could happen because of the dieting and the training and sleep and hyperbaric chambers? All of that is easier. 
All of that makes it easier. Blood transfusions. Uh, th- th- just think about stem that. Stem cells. Right. All of that helps make make you more chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like that that makes it easier. Yeah. Like if it think, how many years did Jordan play? 13? He, I mean, he really played he played 15 actual seasons. Two with the Wizards. He took the, but he took the rest when he played baseball. This is to me, this is the number one argument for LeBron over MJ, if you're gonna make it. Is that LeBron never had to leave for 20 months? Yeah, but he stayed year after year after year. MJ got burned out after a three peat, assuming that's why he left. Yeah, but also, <clears throat> also for those of us old enough to remember the story, it was a lot deeper than just basketball for MJ and his retirement. You know, he had to deal with the death of his father and so many other things other than that took place on the court. You know, people were Everything questioning. Everything he dealt with is the same stuff LeBron has dealt with his entire career, except for the death of his dad. But also- but like the same attention and people picking him apart. That's been LeBron his whole career. LeBron James wasn't sitting in casinos till three, four in the morning and going playing playoff games the next day. Three, four in the morning? It was I like, I was being generous. It was like eight, nine in the right, morning. Correct. And, what are you talking a, about? Right. MJ didn't sleep. MJ and Iverson- Nobody seems to know if they slept. They might have been <laughs> vampires. Those are the two guys who were like, agree. yeah, Iverson, he played. Well, BJ Armstrong told me a story about MJ. He said, if you watch one of the finals games in 93 when they played the Suns, that Jordan is actually, he's so dark in the game because he's sunburned because he played 36 holes of golf that day <laughs> and then played the finals. And he's like, if you look at him, he's sunburned. <laughs> so I don't know which game that was, but there's one game when he's like just way darker. And so yeah, nobody would be able to do that now. And also the, the other thing to make, anytime you could do something for longer, that means it's easier. And so what JJ is referring to as it relates to running, yeah, there's more running because it's less physical. Well, that's so that's the counter would be like, no, no, if you if LeBron played now, he'd have Charles Oakley and Anthony Mason and all these dudes like clotheslining him. Like that Bill floor, that, that floor is hard. Yeah. And when somebody's knocking you constantly to the floor, it's taking miles off of your legs. It it literally does. LeBron's the first athlete I've ever watched who when he gets hurt, I assume he's fine. These other injuries where like, oh, LeBron sprained his ankle and he kind of like shakes it off. It's like Terminator 2. Like, Correct. If LeBron- Like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, if LeBron- Like that play when they threw the long outlet pass to him and, and the, the two guys went underneath him. They bouncing off of him. Yeah. But like if if somebody had hit him the right way and his leg had actually come off his body- Like Clay. And gone 20 feet. <laughs> he would have picked, picked it up. up and like put it back on. And like, like the Terminator. Like it was an artificial leg. He's going to put it back on. And be like, I'm fine, I'm fine. He's never been hurt. It's amazing. Right. And, and think about this. If you're LeBron James- the only thing that isn't perfect is his hairline. Right. Other than that, I agree with you. And so he's going to be able to do, he's going to play until his son makes the NBA. So that's on his radar. And I don't think enough people have made enough, made enough. I'm, of that. I've, I've been saying this for a couple of years. I did. The, I added it up. I think he figured it out There's five more seasons. Yeah. I think he figured this out though. Like eight years. The kid was probably three. Yeah. And probably made a nerf shot. Like, and LeBron's like, oh, I'm playing until he's in yes, the NBA. Yes. By the way, that kid's really good. I know he is. I try not to get carried away with seventh grade AAU Me videos, too. but that kid's good. Well, well, this is what I do. This is how you can still have your fandom. I just don't, like put it on social media. Like when I see like the clips of like the players in middle school or yeah. stuff like that, I just don't put it on social media, but I follow 
to see what's happening. Yeah. And he's an amazing basketball that player. That kid's He can pass now. No question. Nobody passes in he AAU. He's got good court sense between the legs, behind the back, shooting threes. So you don't think if you played now. I played 20 years. Yeah, but you really should have. Your NBA career should have been longer. But th- You that, left some NBA years on the table. We've talked about this. I know, but I wanted. To, but I had a second career I wanted to, wanted to pursue, and it worked out for me. I could have played a couple of more years, but I felt like it was a good opportunity for me to go full time and work at ESPN. You weren't the last few years there. You weren't in the Pilates studio at six in the morning. Correct. You weren't. You weren't having egg white omelets. And no. Swearing no. off like no. casinos, all that stuff. No. You you lived your life. Correct. You were okay with it. Absolutely. But Mike D'Antoni still should have played you in that sunset. I know. And you would have made a couple threes. No question. And let me tell you the funniest thing about that game. So. Robert Ori hip checks Steve Nash. Yeah. Amari and Boris Diaw gets up off the bench. And as a teammate, you always think about what you could have done but different. So I'm like, maybe I should have jumped up and held those guys down or whatever. They're adults. It happens. But after the game, I'm like, this is my chance. Yeah. Now all of a sudden. Mike I'm, D's going to see it. After that game, I was doing calisthenics. Went back. We flew back to Phoenix. I went down to my, my apartment. I was on the treadmill, jumping rope. Like, I'm gonna get some minutes tomorrow. Got to the gym. Somebody early, offered you some, some Cheetos. You're like, no, no yeah, Cheetos exactly. for me no, today. I'm, I'm getting some minutes. I'm about to make an impression in the playoffs. DMP. Yeah. I was like, I'm done with this. Taking a break to talk about Full Sail University's Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. Yeah, the legendary sportscaster Dan Patrick from Sunday Night Football, The Dan Patrick Show. The big show on SportsCenter with Keith Olbermann way back when. He's teamed up with Full Sail University to offer an accelerated bachelor's degree in sportscasting. Full Sail University combines hands-on learning, immersive projects, and faculty with real-world experience to prepare students for life in the media industry for the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. They brought in some of sports media's best to be part of the program, including my oldest friend since I was 13 years old, longtime ESPN producer, multi-Emmy winner, Gus Ramsey. He's heading the program. Sportscasting pros such as Joe Harris, Kevin Nagande, and Sage Dale, and many more are involved. I am thrilled to be part of the advisory board. I might even speak to a class or two. In the program, students will learn sportscasting inside and out, on camera, behind the camera, podcasting, radio, interviewing, everything in between, including a lot of new media stuff that is popping up more and more these days. At Full Sail University's Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, you can earn a bachelor's degree in about half the time as short as 20 months, and you can earn, you can choose to earn your degree online or at their campus in Orlando, Florida. One of my favorite random places to go, to be honest. To learn more about Full Sail University's Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, go to fullsail.edu slash Bill Simmons. Back to Jalen. Uh, quickly, here are, the, here are the odds for LeBron. Houston plus 150 next season. Philly plus 300, Cleveland, you don't understand gambling, so just not. Cleveland plus 350, LA plus 400, San Antonio 12 to 1, Clippers 18 to 1. The Rockets are the favorite right now. They should be. Because that feels lame. They it's should. It's a lame move for him to go to Houston. So I don't wh- like that. Wh- why would it be lame to go to Houston, but it's not lame to go to LA? Houston just feels like. Are we already made team with 65 wins? Um, Like oh, KD no. went to a team. With 73 wins? KD, was, they, KD wasn't the second best player of all time. And how about this? I predict, and you can ask him because- and KD was just trying to get away from Westbrook. And, and, and KD's your new co-host on this program. <laughs> Y'all do a terrific job. I had job. to replace you. Yeah, I see. I see. You upgraded. 
K- KD ain't gonna <laughs> it's play. It's not an upgrade. It's just different. It's K- like a second wave. I-, I guarantee you, KD won't play three or four more years with the Warriors. Three or four more years maximum. That was my next question. Three or four more years maximum. I was gonna ask you. Three or four more years maximum. Is KD on the Warriors in November 2020? Two two years and four months from now. I say KD. I say KD wins three rings with the Warriors, and then he leaves for larger market. I know a lot of people think L.A. I actually feel New York. I I wouldn't. That wouldn't shock me, especially like if his uh, business partner became the GM of the Knicks or something. Because I, he, by the way, the Knicks should do that. We had Rich Kleiman on the podcast last week. If they no but no free agents going to New York, that that place is like damaged goods now. The only way you could get one is you have to make a deal with somebody who's attached to one of the major guys. You taught me so much about this industry, and I'm forever grateful, my brother. And one of the things you taught me is when you have information, people will take it and run with it like it's theirs. I promise you, I said into a microphone yesterday around 10.30 a.m. that I didn't feel like KD was going to be on the words in three or four years. And I've seen people run with it like it was gospel, like they never heard me say it. It fascinates me. Yeah, that's but, the media in 2018. But I truly believe- It's like when you steal pre-agency from me tomorrow and get up. But and you're my, my brother. Like, oh, what a great point. Yeah, but I, you're family. I, give, <laughs> I gave it to you. No question. But here's the thing about KD that I want everybody to pay attention to. Yeah. KD ain't that limelight type of dude. Have y'all paid attention to what he's wearing to basketball games and how he goes to the podium and not cutting his hair and not shaving his beard? Like, he's not the guy that, in my opinion, wants to go to La La Land. He's the guy that wants to be grimy and prove that I can build something. And what better place to do that than New York City? They haven't won a championship since 1973. The day he signs to play with them, if it happens, he's already a legend. When you go sign with we'll play with the Lakers, you ain't no legend. Yeah. You got to deliver. The other move is OKC. And you could dominate the East like LeBron did. I could see him going back to OKC too. But you just said he didn't want to play with Russell. Well, maybe Russell's not there. <laughs> or maybe they're at different stages of their career. No, he ain't going back to OKC. You can't put that toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there. KD. There's different GM, different owner. Who knows? And, 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 and so what happens when you do what we do for a living? When you're projecting things, it's not like anything malicious. Like, we love the Warriors. We love KD. KD's another host for you on this show. It's just me projecting what I see and what I believe and the information that I'm hearing. Do you remember the, when we did the 2014 playoffs together when we were on TV? And it was LeBron was going to be a free agent. And it felt like you and I were the only ones really giving it a chance for him to go back to Cleveland. We did a we did a the Bill and Jalen preview in October 2013. And it, the Cleveland section was all about, can they get LeBron back? And people are like, you guys are nuts. Now, I've been wrong a million times, so have you. But that was in the air. And you could feel it at the finals. And in, um, I think, heading into game five in Miami... I think we either said before the game or at halftime. This we could did, be his last we game. We did a whole riff. Like, it's kind of amazing. This could be his last game. Um, and people got mad at us. People got mad at us. And so, and like, then he came out. Remember, we said, we said in the post game, we said, 
that's crazy the Miami fans were leaving. That might be the last time they see LeBron James. It's amazing they did they didn't recognize the moment. I was like, you guys are on drugs. Like, and ain't no left. way he gonna leave South Beach. It's so beautiful here to go back to Cleveland. And then he did. I wonder if it's it's these guys how they switch teams now. I say it with the with some of the people that work for the ringer and just in general, the millennials, the under 30 people where it's just constantly they have a choice for everything, right? They don't have cable. It's like, what do I want to watch? I just go on Netflix. I'm hungry. I'll order Postmates. I need a car. I get Uber. I get Lyft. Um, I want to hook up with somebody. I'll go on Twitter. Swipe, swipe, swipe. Oh, I like that one. This is just the the this, the world we live in now. And I wonder with NBA if it's a little like that too. Like, ah, I'm not that happy anymore. I'll go there. Oh, my contract's up. I'll play for the Lakers. And maybe that's just where we are with basketball. Maybe people just float around and there's not going to be people that stay for 15 years. Correct. And what you're talking about is the microwave generation versus we grew up in the oven generation. It's the swipe right generation. No no question. And, and here's an athlete in KD who's going to go down as one of the greatest players to do it. Has a chance to be the NBA's all-time leading scorer, he and LeBron. Um, he didn't necessarily want to leave OKC. What happens in that scenario is I have to eliminate the he doesn't have a ring, but he's an MVP conversation. Because what we've done as fans and media, all we do is count rings. That's it. And so when we talk about all-time great players, you never hear him talk about John Stockton. Never hear him talk about Karl Malone. I, so, I but they know, were two of the greatest players to do it. I don't know if I agree with you. All we count is rings. I honestly think that that was a life move for him. I think he, I didn't, I don't think he loved the style of basketball he played because he talked about this in the pod and I actually believed him. I think he thought there was a higher level of basketball out there. And I think he just wanted to be in a different city and have opportunities that he just knew he wasn't going to get in OKC. Correct. And then winning a title was a bonus. After he won that title, I think he thought, oh, no, nah, I don't take any more shit. And people were like, yeah, you chased the title. Nah, that's like, nah you, the only reason you won is because you joined that team. And I think that's one of the reasons he's been kind of angry this year. Correct. You could, I could feel it in the two pods I did with him after the title where he's like, what else? I just, I just outplayed LeBron in the finals. You guys are still giving me shit. Like the whole reason I went here was to prove that I was the best player in the league and I outplayed LeBron in the finals. What else do I have to do? And there's like just this little brooding anger in him this year that I didn't see last year. Think of a couple of things that have transpired since he won the championship. He's come out and talked about how I thought winning a championship was going to mean everything to me. And it didn't. It doesn't. Because as you start to get older, it's the score of the game, and it's a game of life. And you realize that regardless of what you accomplish, people can still move the goalposts if they want to. Yes. And now he understands that. So what does he do? He creates burner Twitter accounts to fire back at people who try to slander his name. Then that gets exposed. Then he comes out and talks about how he really left to validate himself with his peers. Yeah. That was about championships. So now, in my opinion, when he gets three championships with the Warriors, it's like I satisfied myself. I validated myself with rings. I took care of my business with Golden State. Y'all good. I came in. We saw and we conquered. Now I'm about to go somewhere where they haven't had that success 
where I can be the lead dog you to left bring that, it. You left that one thing. I think the business stuff is a big deal for them. And that also. Correct. I think, I think these yes. guys are now measuring themselves as brands against each other. And it's all of them have multimedia companies now. Yep. It's like, hey, we're making documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is my uncle. He's Correct. running the place. Yes. But some of them are actually doing it well. And right. I, I do think it's become competitive with that. Um, what do you think? These are quick ones. And then, then we'll... Uh, and it wouldn't be any hard feelings if he left the Warriors. In my um, opinion. LeBron's biggest second round of Cleveland mistake. Um, oh, oh, easy. These last four years. What easy. do you think his oh, biggest mistake was? Oh, this is easy. Okay. Not figuring out a way to make it work with Kyrie. That's how I feel too. Easy. Because that's the difference in this series. Here's the problem though. He blessed the Kyrie trade when he thought they were getting Paul George and Carmelo and Eric Bledsoe. Correct. They and were I like, LeBron, it would too. you sign off on that? And LeBron was like, so and then the trade falls through and Kyrie's like, you try to trade me. Correct. And Brad's like, no, I didn't. Can, I, like, can I, I know you? I know you. I know you trade. did. And I know what you did. Let me tell you something sneaky that happened this year. I said it on Jalen and Jacoby to show that you've oversaw. He mispracticed the next day. People sleep on that. LeBron, when that trade fell through and he realized that he wasn't getting Bledsoe, LeBron mispracticed the next day. A lot of people slept on that and people were trying to wonder why. And I came on, spoken to a microphone because he was upset that they didn't get him. People don't understand that they have a kinship through Rich Paul and the representatives and they work out together in the summer. So I've talked about for years, if somebody was going to get moved for Kyrie, Eric Bledsoe probably would be one of the guys in but this play. But this is one of LeBron's Achilles heel. He doesn't get injured. He's a magnificent basketball player. I think he's the second best ever. Um, bad judge and talent. Guess who's not great to have on your team? Eric Bledsoe. He sucked in the Celtics series. You know who wouldn't help the Cavs this year? Eric Bledsoe. Just a me first offensive point guard who doesn't make anyone else better. I think he's lazy on defense. He would have fit in with the rest of these dudes. When you look at and LeBron of, wanted him. When you look at all of Eric Bledsoe's physical attributes, you feel like he should be a consistent performer. But he's been inconsistent. No, but the one, up here, the one thing that he doesn't do that you must do if you're going to play with LeBron is spot up and make threes. That, to me, is why it really wouldn't work with Bledsoe. Because he's not going to be a secondary ball handler. And doesn't work not become the catch and shoot type of player. And how many times has his name gotten slandered this offseason with the Drew Bledsoe thing I know. with Terry Rozier? Well, that's bad. Don't feud with the Boston fans. Um, <laughs> next subject. Kendrick Perkins, settle down. You're not a basketball player anymore. But You're I ain't mad at him. Suit. But that's why they signed him. They knew he wasn't going to play, Bill. They signed him to be a guy in the locker room, to be a guy on the bus, to be a guy who's angry on the on the on the bench. Yes, that's only he wasn't with. For those that weren't paying attention, he was not with their team last year or this year, and he was with them in the playoffs. He should be bouncing at nightclubs at this point. That's what he's doing. He's, he's LeBron's basically their bouncer. bouncer. Yes, that's exactly he's what he's doing. Like, it don't matter if it's Drake. It don't matter if he's it's Steph Curry. He's got this mean look at his face. He's looking no at doubt. IDs like, no, get yes. out of here, leave. It's Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> he's, they should, his nickname should be the bouncer. I like that. He stuck like his that. legs out. Now, if you watch that clip when Curry got into it with him, <clears throat> Perkins is sitting back like this. No question. And, he's lounging. But there, but the guy who's inbounding the ball is right here. And Perkins is like this, which already is a competitive kind of a dick move. And then Curry's over there, doesn't move his feet and just keeps them in place. 
and really did almost trip Curry. He did. One of the things I like about Curry is he doesn't take shit. I think he has this reputation as being soft. Like when LeBron pinned his block at the end of game one when the game was over. And Curry, I, it was on the basket I was sitting at. And Curry walked right over. He's like, get out of here. That's but, garbage. You're because, better than that. It's because he got a baby face. And what people sleep on about Curry and Clay, their fathers were NBA lifers. Yes. They grew up in the game. Steph know how this works. He's not taking crap off none of these dudes. Right. And so regardless of whether it's Perkins or LeBron, he like, I'm two-time MVP. Like, and we about to and we about to thump y'all this year. And as you always joke, there's no actual NBA fights. No. No. It's a hold me back league. <laughs> hold me back. Hold me back. And, and, and Steph and Clay so. are like, hey man. Right. It's like, what are they gonna do? I'll throw down. Correct. And, and, Tristan and, Thompson pointing to the I was in the I was after the game, we were we were where uh where the players were going in the press conference, Draymond and Tristan Thompson were like four feet away from each other. <laughs> I was like, what, ha- what happened? Right. Should I get some popcorn? What? One, of them, guys fighting? one of them got on that Gucci first slide yeah. with the heel out. Yeah. And the other one got on a short suit. And they were like, hey, man. Hey, man. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that. but I think Curry is a lot. Uh, I think he's a lot feistier. And what you said about the, the son of a professional athlete. So this is World Wide West last year. I always call him before the draft to see who he likes. And last year, he's like, everyone's sleeping on Mitchell. He's like, Mitchell's going to be great. I was like, all right, why? It's like, son of a baseball player. He's been around locker rooms his whole life. He's been around the culture. He knows the game. He'll come in as an adult. He'll get his business done. He won't be impressed by any of this stuff. That guy's going to be great. What happens? Mitchell comes in. He's better than he was in college. Works his ass off. And it's like... I do wonder when they scout these players why they don't look at stuff like that. Like Steph was around the the Hornets and all these different Del Curry teams his whole life. He saw everything. In the gym. And as the son of a former player that I never met, Jimmy Walker's number one pick in the 1967 NBA draft, the, the here's what has changed for those players. Initially, it was tougher for the son of a player to actually follow in their parents footsteps right because i even remember al horford is like oh tita horford's son yes correct now it's like it seems like there's so many sons that we even noticed so so here's what's changed before being the son of an athlete worked against you because it was almost like you were still trying to separate yourself from the excellence of your parents but then you become crabs in a barrel where everybody trying to jockey with you I'm just as good as Michael Jordan's son. I can, yeah. I don't care if Magic Johnson your father. But what has happened is the specialization of the game. Yeah. I have the level of finance where I could get the coaching, the nutrition, the the ability to play the game 24/7 and now they're getting a level of practice and exposure that the average player just doesn't get. That grows up on the west side of Detroit like me that just is in the backyard playing. There's only one son who still is treated with a level of bias in the NBA. Who's that? You can't get this one? A son is treated with a level of bias. But there's so many sons of former players now. Austin Rivers. He got lucky. He takes a lot of shit. He got lucky. Yeah. He got lucky. Because once he got traded to the Celtics, that was his time to be out of the league. Yeah. 
So he, he was fortunately for him, the G League. not only did he get traded, but he got traded to a team where his father was the coach and GM and believed in his talent. And and also felt guilty that he wasn't around for most of his childhood. But then it's he like, put here's a, a $12 million a year contract. But, I feel bad. But to Austin's credit, he put him in position, but he still had the ball. Yeah. And he did go out and improve his game. He improved his handle. He improved his shot. He got tougher. And he actually earned his money. So you, you're you in on Perkins as the bouncer. Yes. You, you don't have a problem with his behavior. Not at all. Okay. That's uh, the only reason why they signed him. Did you think they signed him to play? I, he was working on his jump hook three hours no, before the game. No, yeah, no, he was doing foot. He was doing. No. I actually would play him. I would. I would put a uniform on him. You put a. Uh, so what he? Well, gonna, it's like in hockey. So like what, in the last four minutes, if they if it's a twenty point game, you send Perk out there. See, it's like sending the fourth line. No, you know that doesn't exist in today's game. Physical intimidation. This is another reason why it's easier. Physical intimidation does not exist in the NBA. That's why you see more celebrations. If it's Cavs by 18 with four minutes left tonight. What are you going to do? And I send Perkins out what there. If do? I'm Steve Kerr, I'm like, Curry, you're out. What are you going to do? Durant, get out of here. But, Sit on the bench. But, but now what the ref's going to do? They know why he's in too. They're going to call it so tight that he's going to be right out the game. Steph Curry, overrated, underrated, properly rated. Properly rated. I feel like it, it's smidge underrated. He's properly rated. I think it's a top five player. Nine threes in, in that finals game. game. I didn't even know it was the record until like four hours later. I was like, oh, Steph hit some threes. He, anytime, like, no, he actually hit nine threes and nobody's ever done that in the NBA finals. I was like, what? Yes. yes. He might hit 15 threes tonight. I wouldn't be shocked. He's been MVP twice, one unanimous. But he needed this kick-ass, like assuming this plays out. We think Warriors in five. Warriors in five, Steph MVP. Right. He needed. He probably should have won the MVP in 2015. I get the Iggy thing, but or LeBron, or LeBron. Um, he only led the series in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. I don't vote for. <laughs> I don't vote for losers for my my finals MVP. See, you one of those. No, I am. So if it goes I, seven, I just and I LeBron does what I just said, and Curry averages twenty. You lost. You were the MVP of a team that lost. No, you're the most viable loser. No. No, this is the problem with with society. These this is the problem with the voters like you. No, this who is think the problem Jerry with West is the only guy that could ever win MVP. He should have won. Team. John Havlicek should have won. <laughs> John Havlicek was great that series. That was stupid. People didn't understand what they were voting for. So, so is that this so, is what I see now? So do with, you think Jerry West shouldn't be the logo? So you're not going to call him clutch since he won in seven in finals? I'll go further than that. I think Jerry West. <clears throat> if I do don't my do it. if I don't do my do book it. again, don't I'm putting it. him over Kobe. I, I did a Jerry West deep dive. Jerry West's 14 years were like incredible. I know. I said today on Twitter, if you took him, if you took him from a time machine and put him in today, I think he's the most equipped to actually do well in today's NBA. Rick Barry, too. Oh, Rick Barry would have been amazing. Don't sleep on Rick Barry. He had ball in today's game, too. Wait, I forgot what, what were we just talking about before then. We were talking about Warriors and Warriors five. Warriors and five. Oh, Steph needed this. So we think the Cavs win tonight. Yes, by double digits. We think they're probably going to get some calls tonight. They will get calls. And why? Can you explain to the to the fans how angry, in a good way, the Cavs fans are? There's an angry atmosphere. Like you go on all these arenas, everywhere you go, it's like the fans think you hate their team. Yeah, it's. <clears throat> this is how you know hey, you're good. Jalen, yeah. hey, you didn't think they were in the finals, did you? You're a LeBron hater. Hey, Jalen, like I love LeBron. Didn't think you'd be here, did you? Yeah, right. But here's how it's like, you. Why are you so angry? You're in the for finals. For anybody that wants to work in media, this is how you know you're good at your job, or not. 
It's like being a referee. Yeah. When you say something, half of the people are going to be mad at you and half of the people are going to like that you're talking about their favorite player or team. Mm. That's just how this works. I remember the 2013 finals was my first real experience with this. We went to Miami first. Everyone's mad at me. Because <laughs> I didn't think Miami was, I thought Indiana had a chance to beat Miami. Yeah. Hey, Simmons. Hey, <laughs> didn't think you'd be here, did you? And then we go to San Antonio. And everyone at San Antonio is like, hey, are the, are the Spurs boring? <laughs> and I'm like, I can't be rooting against both teams. It's impossible. <laughs> like, what is this? Iran versus Iraq in the 1980s? And, and that's why. Like, we're not rooting against anybody. <laughs> and so that's why it would seem like fans in Boston are happier because you guys have had a lot of recent success and championships to celebrate. And likable players. As opposed to Cleveland, where they won one professional championship in 50 years. Well, the Cleveland fans... So they take it personal when people talk down on their team and their city. They hold a grudge on me for this specific reason. After they won the lottery the third and third time in fourth years, we were on TV with our, our coach, Doug Collins, our life coach. No question. And... Cleveland wins the lottery again and they and they come back to us and I kind of lost it for like a minute. <laughs> you did. I'm like, we need to change the rules. Yeah. You can't just be incompetent year after year and and we keep rewarding with the with the number one pick. This is idiotic. They just won the number one pick three times in four years. We have to fix this. And all the Cavs fans felt like I peed on their moment. Well, they I'm did sorry. To, I'm sorry for being honest. I thought this is America. Well, how about this? They did it to themselves because you remember who they took, right? They took Wiggins. They took Anthony Bennett. No, that was the year before. Oh, right? that was the year before. Remember? So oh, they, part of my argument was the year before they took, they, Car- they basically blew this pick. They should take an Oladipo. We told them that the whole draft. We did. Then they suck again. They get another pick. And it's like, we're, so we're just rewarding for Wiggins. Competency. Sorry for Jabari. Yeah. That but, year. But can see for Embiid. This is one of the great what ifs, though. If Embiid doesn't get hurt in the workouts, he goes number one. He goes number one, and arguably maybe should have gone anyway. Mm-hmm. He goes number one, and they at that point do you even trade that for Kevin Love? Maybe you keep Embiid. You keep him, and then he gets hurt the whole time, and now LeBron's like, deal "Why did I come it. back?" Yeah, you just got to deal with the. It's fact a good that, what if. Yeah, he would have went number one, no doubt. He was amazing. Yes, Kevin Love. Does he need a new team? Yes. I think in order for LeBron to stay, love would go. Hmm. All right. We're taking one more break. One last break to talk about quit. Most of us are brushing our teeth wrong. Not for long enough. Or we forget to change our brush, brush on time. And that's because brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing. Well, that's not quip. Quip is an electric toothbrush. That costs a fraction of bulkier brushes and packs the right amount of vibrations to clean your teeth. Quip's subscription, built for your health. They deliver new brush heads every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Everyone loves Quip. They were on Oprah's OLS, named one of Time's best inventions. The first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers. Quip starts at just $25. If you go to Getquip.com slash BS right now. You'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That is your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash BS. All right, before we go, I had to ask you about your um your new morning show life. Okay. 
So, so you're waking up at 3.30. I wake up in the morning at 3.30. I try to be productive. So I do a little calisthenics, work out a little bit, take a steam shower, leave the house at like 4.30 because I need to be in the building by 5.30, our production meeting. And uh, our production meeting is like 30 minutes, not 15 minutes, 5.45. And then 5.45 to 7, I just do show prep and do whatever. And then, then you're on the air for three hours. Then I'm on from 7 to 10. And then you're doing Jalen and Jacoby right after? Then I do J&J right after. How many nights or how many days a week? Monday three? through Friday. And then you're also on Countdown. I don't do J&J on the days I have Countdown. That's probably a good idea because then you'd be on ESPN 24 hours a day. But then you have... a. Uh, with Countdown, sometimes these playoff games are done at one in the morning. I take naps in the afternoon, like I did when I was a player. Is it all right that I'm I'm a little worried about the schedule? No, this is. I don't like the the staying up late and then you're waking up early to a morning show. Let, it's let, like they're trying to kill you. Now let me tell you the trick. This is the easiest my schedule has ever been. Come on, I'm about to tell you why. You got to remember when I first started working for ESPN. I was doing shows like NBA Tonight. That came on at 2 in the morning. I still would turn around and do Mike and Mike the next morning. Mm. It's the exact same thing with no off-season. Now I have an off-season. But now we have better HD. You guys are tired. <laughs> but, so now I have an off-season. I'm always looking out for Beatle, too. So like, in, just think about this for me, though. Yeah. When the finals end. You're good. You're good this for, is like the, five for, for five or six months. I'm off work at 12 noon. That's never happened. This is going to be the first time that's happened for me. And you and Molly, this is it. We're good. She gets off at 12. Is it going to be a wedding? I get off at 12. Hopefully. Do I have to, do I have to carve out Hopefully. a weekend? Hopefully. I'm not missing your wedding. No, you can't miss I'll it. Even, I'd even skip like my daughter's soccer tournament if, for that. If, if I'm so very lucky, yeah. hopefully. Why don't you ask her right now on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not judging the the get up show for nine months, and I don't think anyone else should either. Okay, thank you. Well, it's just like you try shit. Correct. You, you don't know, know it's gonna girls. work. It's just amazing to me, like how within two months everybody has to decide on something, and it's like, well, the ratings. It's like, first of all, ESPN isn't looking at the ratings every day. <laughs> They want they wanted to get whatever the show was ready for football season, and then the run is from September all the way through June. So at least wait until I would say November when football and basketball are going at the same time. And if the show, if you if everybody doesn't realize exactly what that show is at that point, then you can start writing about it. Well, here's the thing that happened, and I realized it, being a part of the Get Up launch was an eye opening media experience for me. And it almost reminded me a lot of being a player. Yeah. And here's what I mean. Um, when you're starting a popular morning, and by the way, there was a lot of talk about what the show is or what the show isn't. The ratings have actually been good, but that's not going to be something that people talk about because it's positive. But let me just tell you the, the point I'm trying to make. ESPN is considered like the worldwide leader. Everybody wants to find a way to chip at, the armor of the most powerful conglomerate in sports. Yeah. So when you decide to start a new show in this climate with the with the with the president that we have in office, it's easier it's easier to blow your dog whistle and draw a line in the sand. So now you have people on one side saying, "Oh, why do you have these liberals on the show?" 
Yeah. You mean free thinking individuals that actually care about human beings that give back to their community and want to see, you know, us, you know, come together as a, as a country. And so that's one of the dividing lines that people try to do with get up. The other dividing line is the divide and conquer thing. There are people that are jealous of the show, whether people want to be on the show, whether it's talent, whether it's working on the show, it's a competitive industry, just like sports, everyone. And it's okay. And so that's when you see other things get leaked, like how much money people make and stuff like that. Because what that does, it says, regardless of what we make in this industry, to the average fan, it's going to be too much anyway. And so that's another line to divide. Oh, they're investing so much. And then lastly, we got a new facility. Yeah. So now it's, oh, you got a new facility. Oh, you're paying this. Oh, these are free thinking people. They have the nerve to be woke. When somebody tells you it's a problem being woke, they're really telling you something that's so underlined that you should check yourself if you're following that line of thinking. Being woke is a positive thing. Being conscious is a great thing. And so those were kind of like the three or four things that I saw happening with the show that that level of competitiveness plus jealousy and envy of us starting a new project, um, it all spilled out at once. But it sustained itself. I love working with Greeny. I love working with Beetle. I think the show is going to be terrific. And uh, I'm excited to get up and go to work every day. I would say, well, I'm going to put the odds maybe four to one that you and I are doing the Bill and Jalen NBA preview in October. I think I'm going to make it work. Hold on. I think I, I hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think, whoa. I think are, you break, time, are you breaking news? No, I'm just, I'm going to, this is one of my summer projects. Okay. Uh, oh, you know. You coming not, back home? No, I'm not coming home. It's, but I think I can collaborate on okay. certain projects okay. maybe down the road. That'd be great. And public number, will love that. Number one on the list is could we collaborate on a Ringer ESPN Bill and Jalen NBA preview? I'm pretty sure. That we put either on YouTube or on the OTT app or something. And we just, we just do it. Like we did that. We did well, it three years, five years, four years ago. And you know what else? I the, just have to get into your schedule because you're, you're on three shows already. It's. Le- <clears throat> Here's the thing. I, I, it's a multitask industry. Just think about this. You're sitting here right now working with the Ringer and HBO. Yeah. That's just how this works. Yeah. When you watch ESPN, there are multiple people on multiple shows. Look at Lebertard. Look at Will Bond. Look at Stephen A. It's a multitask business. For everybody that wants to get into this industry, it's actual work. I, the, the, I miss doing the previous. Doris Burke calling we were games, really good at those. doing sideline, doing studio. Th- that, that's that's what this is. Well, Doris is the new LeBron. <laughs> what can't right. Doris do? That, that's what she's more. It, it's so people people look at it a little bit different when it's for me when it's me because I always found ways not to be on Monday through Friday shows. Yeah. So well, we now that I'm on a Monday through Friday show, people think that I'm working more. This is actually easier for me, and I'm actually working less. We did when we did the 2014 preview. We filmed the first ten, and I got suspended, and then the series died. <laughs> we have unfinished business. Jalen Rose, you got to go. I love it was you, a brother. pleasure. Love thanks you too, for buddy. Everything. Right. Appreciate it. All right, thanks to my man Jalen Rose. Thanks to the Ringer.com. 
Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Grasshopper lets you send and receive calls and texts from your new business phone number. Run your business from anywhere, whether you're a small business owner, an entrepreneur, or whatever you are. Respond to clients quickly with Grasshopper's mobile app. Go to grasshopper.com slash BS to get $20 off your first month. That is grasshopper.com slash BS. And thanks to Sonos. Remember, Father's Day coming up. Sonos and Spotify have you covered. Go to fathersday.sonos.com. Get a code for 15% off when you create a custom Spotify playlist. You can send to dad. Simply select your favorite artist that you're born. Do the same for dad. Bam. Spotify will generate the perfect playlist to bridge the generation gap. Go to fathersday.sonos.com. Get 15% off when you create your playlist. That playlist generator expires June 17th. Terms and conditions apply. So this is our second podcast of the week. I will have another podcast at some point this week. I promise you. Unless I get killed tonight at the Cleveland game. We'll see. If it's any consolation, I did put a small wager on the Cavaliers plus four and a half tonight. Maybe it wasn't even that small. I actually think the Cavs win. I'm predicting a Cavaliers win tonight. It is not a reverse jinx. I think they win this one. This is the one for them to steal. And if they can't win this one, oof, not just for this series, but that is a bad sign in general. Anyway, back on the BS podcast later this week. Thanks again to my man, Jalen. Talk to you soon.